Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. We're back. This is the Weston Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. C.J. Stroud had his pro day yesterday. From all accounts, it was pretty good. I even saw that some teams were uh, drooling, so to speak, with the skills that he displayed. But to talk about You actually about saw it, the drool? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you that's what they said. Okay. They said he displayed oh, skills that would make teams drool. He's going to be number one if that's the case, 100%. <laughs> to talk about this more in-depth, we have my man Bill. Bill Rabinowitz from the Columbus Dispatch. You can catch him on Twitter at BR Dispatch. Bill, how's it going this morning? I'm good. How are you guys? We are doing great, man. We want all the tea, so to speak, on C.J. Stroud's pro day yesterday. He was the first of the big four quarterbacks to go. And uh, we just want to know, tone setter from you, how was it when you walked in? And uh, what was it like once things got going? Well, Ohio State Pro Day is always a big deal. Almost every NFL team comes every year. Uh, obviously, when you have a potential first pick in the draft, there's more interest, and, and it was packed. And, uh, and C.J. Stroud put on the show. So they said that, you know, he threw on the move. He did all the NFL throws that they wanted to see. They said he had a little bit of trouble kind of moving to the right throwing the football. I'm sorry, moving to the left throwing the football. But they said all in all, his mechanics were enough to make teams drool. What was your assessment of what you saw from him? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I don't want to make too much out of what somebody does on pro day. I mean, I think it matters a lot more what they do in games. I mean, you're not, you have no defense, you have no pass rush, you have, you know, it's, you ought to be good if you're, if you're doing a pro day. Uh, but we've known that CJ Stroud has a beautiful throwing motion. He throws a nice ball. It's a, he, he's got a knack for throwing with velocity, but softly, if that makes sense. It, the ball doesn't sting the receiver's hands. Uh, I asked Marvin Harrison about that yesterday, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I covered the NFL for 12 years, and, and uh, I covered Vinny Testaverde with the Ravens, and when he was at his best, he would just, like, throw darts. It was just a beautiful, like, video game motion throw, and and that's what C.J. Stroud does. Uh, he just throws a beautiful ball. Well, and Bill, what were you looking for, right? Like, I, I know you're you're saying you don't put a whole lot in the pro day. So what is it that you go into and paying attention to, right? Like, you, you've got this assignment. You know it's a pro day. You don't put much stock into it. So what are the things that you are looking at first and foremost? Well, honestly, I'm more interested as a reporter in the interview afterward. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what, is he, what does he think about the process as you think about potentially being the number one pick, I guess there was nothing he was going to show on the field that was going to surprise me. And even if he had a bad day throwing, which he didn't, I wouldn't have thought, oh, there are questions about C.J. Stroud's throwing. I mean, I've seen him play for two years. And so that was never a question. I, I was more just interested in how is he handling this thing. I, I have a good relationship with his mom. She's a wonderful a wonderful lady. And, and we talked. And, you know, they've been through some tough times as a family. 
and she's just so excited and she says surreal that after all they've been through that here here they are right now on the cusp of, of this dream Bill Rabinov- uh, Bill Rabinowitz excuse me the Columbus Dispatch joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline so Bill how did the interview process go is there anything that you learned from CJ Stroud or at least the way that he handled everything right because this is a big day despite maybe us not putting a lot of stock into him throwing against air of course that's not going to matter as much as the game film but how did he sound in the interviews and what were some of the answers that you thought were particularly noteworthy yeah i mean i asked him you know just how important is it to be the number one pick and he said it's i have no control over it so i'm not going to worry about it and and that's interesting a lot of guys will say yes i I really want to be the number one pick it's almost an ego thing what is an ego thing? And it's understandable. Who wouldn't want to be the first pick of the draft? But he's much more interested in, in becoming comfortable with whatever team drafts him and having that team be comfortable with him, that they understand, you know, kind of his priorities. He's a very uh, – uh, his religious faith means a lot to him, and I think he needs to go to a team that's comfortable with that and, and that he's comfortable with them. Um, and, and, he's you know, he wants to be – when I, I did a big story on him last – year uh, before the season, and he just wanted, his number one goal was to be comfortable and to be himself, because his first year, he never felt like he, he kind of felt like he was, he put himself in a box. Nobody did that to him, he just didn't feel like he was himself completely in interviews or even on the field, and and he was last year, you know, he, he's a likable guy, he's got a good personality, he's a good leader, a natural leader, people gravitate toward him. Um and because of his background, he can identify with almost everybody on the team. He, he, at one point in his life, was pretty well off financially. His family was well off, and they weren't. You know, he's he was a late bloomer, so he understands what it's like to have to wait. Um, now he understands what it's like to be a star. So he can really empathize with really any teammate that he's going to be going to have. And, and I think that's an important thing. Bill, the Panthers sent a large contingent expectedly yeah. uh, there to see them and a lot was made of some of the, the body language that they saw from Frank Reich and what did you see if you checked them out while they were watching CJ did they seem like they were just enamored with what they were watching well honestly they, they stick the media in the corner uh, the far corner and, uh, about as far away as you could be in the facility from the NFL people so I would just be guessing. It would be too far for me to see or really gauge. You didn't bring um, your binoculars, like Bill, to try to read facial expressions yeah. or anything you know like what? that? I meant to take them, but I thought I had them. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Um, <laughs> so I was kicking myself uh, for not having having my binoculars. Yeah, I actually intended to. Um, <laughs> you know, look, I'm sure they were impressed. I'm sure they were. Uh, and, and what I've seen on some of these odds maker sites is that CJ Stroud's the favorite to be the number one pick. I don't, I certainly don't think it's a done deal. Uh, they've got other pro days and other interviews and all that stuff. And I, and I think honestly, more than the pro days, I think that the individual interviews with the teams are, are, is really more important because we all know what these guys can do on the field. I mean, I can describe Bryce Young's uh, attributes and CJ Stroud's attributes, you know, but behind closed doors, what are they like when? You put them on the board and say, what do you do in this situation? Or you just talk about life stuff. And and what are the answers that, you know, how, how do those answers come over? So I think that's going to probably decide it, just at the comfort level. Because, I mean, look, if you want a pocket passer, you're going to take C.J. Stroud. If you want somebody who's much more of an improviser or playmaker that way, you're going to take Bryce Young. If you're concerned about size, you're going to take C.J. Stroud. If you're not, 
it's pressure. I mean, it, it's all about preference. It's not that one's better or worse. It's just what what the team is comfortable with or what they're looking for in a, in a franchise quarterback. Bill Rabinowitz on the Bill Rabinowitz, sorry, on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can catch him on Twitter at BR Dispatch. Bill, they said that Josh McCown told CJ that they could find a basketball court in Carolina to play a little bit of hoops. And so <laughs> yeah. I asked you that to say from your sources and what you've been hearing, does CJ feel like that the Panthers are the team or what are you hearing? I don't think anyone knows right now. In, in a month before the draft, everyone's going to start lying. Uh, I, I know that from my NFL days. That, that, that it's all a poker game, and, and there people are going to be bluffing and trying to gain leverage and, and all that stuff. So, um, do I think he's a logical pick for the Panthers? Yeah, I do. Um, do I think it's a done deal? No, because it's not. Uh, a, a lot can happen in a month. But I, I think he's a logical pick for them. I, it would make sense. Uh, and, I, you know, I talked to his mom a little bit. I've been to Charlotte. And I said, hey, it's a nice city. You know, you could be in a lot worse places. Uh, they're from California. I'm sure that that's going to be an adjustment. But so is moving, you know, CJ moving to Ohio. Uh, so, you know, we just have to let this play out. But I, I the fact that the Carolina Panthers spent essentially everybody that matters in their organization to Columbus. And I don't know what they're doing for Alabama's pro day. I'm assuming it's similar. But when you have the first pick of the draft and you've traded up to get it, you want to make sure you're getting it right as best you can. The draft is always a crapshoot, but if you've done what they did to get the first pick, you're going to do everything in your power to – make sure that you, you've done your due diligence, and that's what they're doing. Bill, I just have two more questions before we get you out of here. I just wanted to know about maybe Jackson Smith and Najigba, his day at the pro day, yep. as well as some of the other guys. Is there anybody else that stood out at least what everybody else was talking about after the pro day? Yeah, there was a lot of interest in Jackson Smith and Najigba 40 times. He, he did everything else at the combine but that. He ran, Ohio State said, a 4-4-8. I'd seen... Four, low four or fives as other times. It's, you know, these are all unofficial times. It's not like the combine where there's one official time. But Ohio State had it a four four eight, and, and that that's plenty good enough. Jackson's not a burner in that sense. That's not his top attribute. I mean, fast enough, but his what makes him special is his wiggle. You know, his ability to get open, his his lateral quickness, his shiftiness. Uh, that's that's really what sets him apart, and and he showed that in the combine drills, like the three cone drill, things like that. Um, he proved his hamstring is healthy. That's that's the biggest thing. He missed basically last year with a with a pretty bad hamstring injury, and those linger. And he has proven that he's healthy now, and that's really all that matters. Because anyone who watched him, let's say in, in the Rose Bowl, the uh, 2022 Rose Bowl against Utah, would understand what a, a gifted player he is. Oh uh, yeah, I'm almost weirdly pulling against his 40 times so he can slip to 39, and the Panthers can double up with some Ohio State products. That would be excellent, as far as yeah, my opinion he, goes. He, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Bill, come on, <laughs> let me dream at least a little bit. All right, last question. Look, I can't let you get out of here before we ask you about one Chris McLean, who you might not know, but you did interview him according to Chris McLean once upon a time. He is a radio host here in the morning for like 20 years now, has been a staple of Charlotte sports, and you interviewed him post-game on WSBA 
after a playoff game when he played at York Catholic. It was after a big old playoff win in Pennsylvania. Is there any way you remember McLean or at least the session where you were interviewing a player after a York Catholic high school playoff game? Well, Please tell me something. I will say that York Catholic was the basketball school in York County. And Chris will remember Brian Pearl and Kassan Jenkins and uh, Bill Kayat ended up being a, a college tight end. And yeah, that was my first year in New York. This is a, I'm dating myself big time here, 1989, and they won a state championship. And that was like the first big story that I covered in New York. And that was that was great. Mike Kesey was a, their coach, like a great coach. And so, yeah, uh, that's boy, that brings up brings back memories. I, um, yeah, that's funny. Well, tell Chris hi. Yeah, I I will, I will, and we'll we'll tell him, we'll gas him up and say, oh yeah, you remember him, you remember him being like this forty point oh, per game absolutely. score, all that. Sorry, he can be. He was like Jordan before Jordan. Yeah, there you go. 100% <laughs> perfect stuff from Bill Rabinowitz. No doubt. Bill, we thank you for your time once again. Bill Rabinowitz of the Columbus Dispatch. You can follow him on Twitter at BR Dispatch. Bill, we appreciate the time once again, man. We'll see you down the road. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, guys. All right. Well, that was really good. He gave us a lot of good information that I'm sure we will uh, dissect a little bit later in the show or maybe even the next segment because we're going to be talking about Bryce Young's big pro day today. This is the Wesson Walker Show on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The GOAT. The Mac Attack. Up there at York Catholic in Pennsylvania being interviewed after high school playoff games. Looking like Michael Jordan. I would love to see a tape of Mac playing high school basketball. That would be excellent. And look, if you're getting interviewed, I mean, you can only joke so far. Like, apparently you did something to help that team win a postseason playoff game or a playoff game. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Either that or he was just going around to everybody and just trying to grab whoever he could. Do you think Mac was just the most well-spoken on the team? (laughs) And yeah, you can see his future already. Eventually gets into radio, so he was good at speaking. And there's like yeah. the coach is like, "All right, Mac, hey, take off the sweats, act like you know, we'll spray you down with a water bottle, <laughs> act like you played a little bit, and then you can go get this interview with Bill Rabinowitz." Yeah, probably. So. I think that's probably what happened. We appreciate everybody listening to Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. If you want to hang out with us and just not listen to us on the radio, not only that, actually see us in the flesh, then you can go to Carolina Ale House. This fun. Maybe over in the tournament for some of the Carolina, some of the ACC teams outside of Miami, but it continues on with us while we watch the Sweet 16 games 
tonight, 7 to 9, at the Carolina Alehouse, Waverly location. Stop by, load up for the games with us starting again at 7 o'clock. And you can watch all of the action on the dozens of big screen, high-definition TVs. And speaking of TVs, you can sign up for a chance to win a 75-inch high-definition TV courtesy of the fine folks at Planet Kia and PlanetKiaNC.com. That's this Thursday night. That's tonight at the Carolina Alehouse, Waverly location. Don't go to the one at Concord Mills. I know it might get confusing because we were there last week. Now we're going to be at the Carolina Alehouse, Waverly location, the very best in fresh food, fine drink, and great company beginning at 7 p.m. Fiddy, you going to go out there with us? That's why you got your WFNZ polo on? I am going to be out there, you know, signing autographs, serenading the listeners, all types of devious activities. Start yeah. camping now. Bring the tent because Fiddy, with him just saying that, I know a lot of people are driving to the location here at 123 to try to get there to get the autograph from one Josh Fiddy Marlowe. So make sure you go over there and camp out at the Waverly location brought to you by the Carolina Alehouse, Planet Kia, and Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You wearing your polo because Jeff told us to about a million times last week? I don't know, man. I'm going <laughs> off of what you do. Don't put it on I'm going to be a copycat. Why are you going? I'm not going to tell you. If you don't, I won't. You won't know. I'll know when I get there. Well, yeah, so you're going to, so wait. Mine is in the car. That's, but that's deliberately disobeying, which is hilarious, which is great. <laughs> that's like, a, that's almost like a middle finger. It's almost like if I bring the shirt in the car, it's there. I'm actively not wearing the T, the T-shirt if I actually bring it with me. And <laughs> Rebel then don't Brian, wear it. baby. That's him. You can't tell Wes what to do. Try me. No, okay, you can wear whatever you want, sir. No, that's okay. <laughs> is that how it's going to go down? Well, look, he's not even here. Like, he's out in Vegas. He's partying. He's having a great time. So, he doesn't know. Now, we're going to have pictures, probably. Yeah. And then those pictures, plus Colin, he's probably going to have to tell somebody. Yeah. So, maybe we just wear it. Should we just go ahead and agree to wear the W? You want to wear the FNZ one or the Radio 1? I bought the FNZ one. Okay. Should I go Radio 1 and be different? You could. Okay. We're going to find out. You have to find out, too. I might wear my Street Fighter t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. You are. And you were watching cartoons. Not only are you repping cartoons. You were watching cartoons. Street Fighter is not a cartoon. Well, the animated, look, animated characters, like cartoon characters, animation. It's all the same. They kick you behind. I mean, they would. Yes. If they came off of the paper, they would absolutely kick my behind. Let's go to some of the texts real quickly on the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. Speaking of cartoons, we want people's inclusions of obscure cartoons. Like it can't be SpongeBob. It can't be Tom and Jerry, Bugs Bunny. We want obscure cartoons. Coach Polly wrote in Animaniacs. I don't yes, think that counted. That was does? in a list. Yep. Obscure? It was on for like, I think they said four years or something like that. If there is a Mendoza line in baseball, I think there is an Animaniacs line in cartoons. <laughs> yeah, that made it though. Okay. Barely though, but okay. A Captain Caveman? Never heard of it? Oh, I never heard of that one. Very obscure. Here's one in my time. Invader Zim. I didn't wow. like Invader Zim. That came out, I believe, at the same time Fairly Odd Parents did. Odd Parents would go on to be not an obscure cartoon. Yeah. Invader Zim. I think uh, now that I see this Captain Caveman, I remember this. Um, we also asked the question, if a truck spilled some sort of food or drink, what would you want that truck to spill? Copeland said, Cavassier. Wow. Pass the Cavassier. Moose said, give me a truck of muffins. I like that sentence just on its That's own. That's not bad. Give me a truck of muffins. Those little bites, those things are straight crack. Blueberry muffins. Chocolate. 
blueberry. Plus, they have like so much sugar, but I can't. They are almost gaslighting me from a snack standpoint because they give me only four. It's actually a lot, but I don't feel like I'm eating a lot of muffins because they're so little. Those things are amazing. And then uh, Casey Steve actually knows about Scooters. He said Scooters is a garbage coffee chain here in the Midwest. So doesn't like Scooters. I like the trash talk already with this cake. There's one in Monroe. Is there really? I there didn't know is. That. Yeah. yeah. And when when I first saw my my uncle, his nickname is Scooters. I thought he had started a coffee chain, but now or a coffee restaurant, but now it's just a chain that is supposedly crap. I like that your uncle is nicknamed Scooter. <laughs> I got another one that his nickname is Bo. Okay, Bo and Scooter. And then my dad, who was the baby, no nickname, so he was the least liked. Mm. What's your dad's name, Mister Marlowe? His name's Jacob. I call him Mister Clean. Oh, does he have? So he already came on home like you need to do. You need oh, to follow in your father's footsteps. The Marlows are all bald. Okay. Mr. I, I'm going to call him Mr. Marlowe. I've heard stories about Mr. Marlowe. Mm. <laughs> I don't think I want that smoke. I'm not going to call him Mr. Clean. Mr. Marlowe, it is to you. Yo, so Captain Caveman had teen angels. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't even know what that, what do you mean? Yeah, teen angels. Like there were three girls flanking him that were, I'm guessing, late teens uh, that were his, uh, I guess, wing women. And you don't know how to feel about that? Yeah, I don't know about that. The teen angels. Can you imagine something like that flying today? Unless Captain Caveman was a teenager himself. All right. Moving on. Yeah, that was unfortunate. I don't know what to do with that. Let's go <laughs> to some more college football conversation as it pertains to some of the prospects that will be drafted high in the NFL draft. And who's drafting higher than the Panthers? No one. Number one overall after they traded up to get that selection with the Chicago Bears. And Wes, it was C.J. Stroud's pro day yesterday. And here is Bryce Young's pro day today. Carolina in full force at both of them. Let's talk a little bit more about C.J. Stroud's aggressive approach, though, by playing Todd McShay's soundbite on how he was able to perform. He came out firing, just an aggressive approach. He, he didn't have a quarterback coach there like George Whitfield or Jordan Palmer or those guys. He, he ran the whole show, and it, it was his decision. I asked him why, and he said, that's what I do. I throw, and I'm not going to back down and, and back away from anything. And I, I wanted to show scouts and NFL GMs that that's kind of my aggressive nature as a passer. And it was different trajectories on throws, all 30 to 45 yards down the field, you know, letting receivers run on, under some of them, some on just frozen ropes. And it was impressive just that kind of his aggressive approach. He missed two throws. Both were rolling to the left. But other than that, it wasn't just completing passes. It was the ball placement. And we, we saw the same thing from him at the combine. And we've seen that throughout his career and especially, you know, this, this past season at, at Ohio State. We heard your comment. He called himself the ball placement specialist. Mm -hmm. We heard everybody talking about how it might have been the greatest throwing session in combine history for any quarterback prospect. And now here he is following it up with maybe a few more flaws mentioned, rolling to his left, missing some throws, but not a lot. Everybody else is discussing just how great he was at his pro day. What do you take of all of the analysis? What Tom McShay said, that's the reason you watch a pro day. It's ball placement. It's... You know, the casual football fan is not going to catch up to something like that. And that was something even I didn't pick up on until some years ago. It's what are the receivers having to do to catch the ball during the pro day? So if you want to know how to watch these, watch. Are the receivers having to slow down? Are they having to jump really high? Are they having to reach back for passes because the casual fan will say, oh, well, he completed it. He looks good. No, no. Those are some bad balls that he's thrown. But if guys are catching them 
in stride, catching them full speed, only having to stick their hands out uh, for passes. That's when you're having an excellent pro day. And that's what you need to look for is a guy coming out there sharp, giving all his receivers catchable balls that they can catch with ease. And and when a guy's not having a good pro day, you're going to see guys reaching and jumping and having to uh, reach down to their ankles and reach back behind them and, and catching it like spinning around and, and things of that nature. Those are not good throws. And so with even Jackson Smith and the Jigba, Talking about him with Bill Rabinowitz, that seems to be a hot name, too. I know they have, what is it, Paris Johnson? That's the offensive lineman yes. that looks to be taken in the first round. Everybody was raving, too, about Marvin Harrison Jr., who is not eligible to be drafted, mm-hmm. but would be a top-five pick. It's very Jamar Chase-esque. We were having the same conversation with him, and that eventually would be a top-five pick and eventually would also be an all-pro receiver. But with Stroud, the fit is seems to be better compared to everybody else, at least what people are discussing with him as it pertains to Frank Reich, because Frank Reich has a type. He likes the taller QB. Bryce Young is one of the shorter QBs that will have ever been drafted, certainly in the first round and even first overall. But CJ Stroud, a lot more comfortable six, three, if you choose him having that body type and with him being such a natural thrower of the football, Keyshawn Johnson was talking about it on ESPN radio saying how much he likes Stroud's fit with Carolina. I think when you look at Frank Reich, a guy who I played with, who's obviously uh, tutor quarterbacks and coach quarterbacks, but you look at the staff as a whole, you look at Jim Caldwell, we know his pedigree with the quarterbacks in that position and what he's able to get out of them. And then when you talk about a veteran leader like an Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton understands where he's at in his career. He's brought there basically to tutor a young quarterback and give way at some point in time. So I like the fit. I think he's going to do well there if, in fact, that is the ticket for him. I don't disagree with anything Keyshawn Johnson said. I also think Carolina is almost proof, fit proof, if you will. Who is not a good fit with Carolina right now? Maybe if you want to go with the fact that when now and when later kind of coincides with one another this season, maybe if you wanted to make that argument. Mm-hmm. But this coaching staff is excellent. We've all raved about it this entire offseason. We've all raved about their decision going after Frank Reich after the Steve Wilkes debate. Frank Reich, we do know, was a good QB coach, at least. At least he's had his success doing that before. And so if Frank Reich is your head coach, if you go after a celebrated Thomas Brown that worked with Sean McVay, so now he's your offensive coordinator, you go after Josh McCown, who was about to be the Houston Texans head coach, and now is the QB coach here with Carolina. Oh, yeah, and then you have Jim Caldwell, who is also dapping people up, and he's like fourth in command on this coaching staff, Jim Caldwell an offensive mind that he's been able to be in the NFL. Uh, Who is the QB that's not the good fit? Like what you have here is a coaching staff that can bring out the best possible with any of these throwers. If Anthony Richardson doesn't work out, Wes, Mm -hmm. it's going to feel like that's going to be on more so Anthony Richardson and not the coaching staff. Same thing can be said with Will Levis. Same thing can be said with Stroud and Bryce Young. It really puts an onus on how you evaluate the QB because you don't have to worry about the situation they're going to go in, at least on the surface. I understand things can change, but man, what does the fit matter if the coaching staff looks so good to be in place? Everybody looks like it would be, this would be a great landing spot really for any quarterback that you're talking about. Well, I think that if you want to talk about maybe worse fit, like on the surface, Anthony Richardson and not for the reasons that you think it's because he's going to be a player that's going to need uh, and I think whatever offense he's involved with, it's going to be heavily based in RPO concepts. 
And so for those who don't know, that's run pass option to where a lot of throws are defined for you very early uh, based off the run action and based off what the defense does. And so I think when you bring in a guy like that, you're going to have to get a special skill set of guys to do that. And that's why you've seen uh, people kind of receivers at times complaining about like playing with the Lamar Jackson uh, because a, a lot of RPO and really heavily run based. And so I think that if you want to say, if you want that exciting offense. Now, the personnel that the Panthers have, I think they fit fine because, um, you know, you you can do that with anybody. But as far as if you want an exciting offense that's going to be uh, based in West Coast principles and things like that, then I don't think Anthony Richardson is going to be your guy. And I think the coaches know that. Well, and the thing about Anthony Richardson, you're going to have to use his athleticism for him to be able to buy time as a pocket passer, which is exactly when Chicago started to move the ball on offense, when they finally decided, hey, this guy's an awesome athlete. Let's use Justin Fields in the running game. Oh, and then he bust off a couple of the biggest runs we've ever seen from the quarterback position. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe we should do that. That's going to have to happen with Anthony Richardson. But the whole, like, prototype, perfect fit for Frank Reich, his tendencies is what he's liked in quarterbacks. Everybody pays attention to the size. How many mobile QBs has he had? I don't know how many mobile yeah. QBs that he's had, right? Yeah. Like, you can be tall and also be a mobile QB. C.J. Stroud is mobile. He doesn't run a lot, but we've seen it before. So I don't think anybody's really worried about that. But if you go to Nick Foles, Carson Wentz, Jacoby Brissett can run a little bit, but it's not like his forte. He's still more so of a pocket passer. What other QBs are you going to? Right? Like you're talking about Phillip Rivers coming over from the San Diego Chargers. So, yeah, I think we're all focused on, oh, he's 6'2", 6'3", or taller. Mm -hmm. These guys are tall. But they're also not necessarily looking to run all that much. Yeah. And so I wonder if that's something where if you wanted to make this fit thing real, Bryce Young is, is mobile and might have to be because the offensive line is going to be taller. And we've seen him run with Alabama offensive linemen and be awesome. It's why he's still my number one prospect. But as far as the mobile thing goes, I wonder if we're not looking enough into that and we're only focusing on, oh, okay, 6'3 or higher, you're hired. Well, the thing is about Bryce Young is he has pocket presence, and that's a big difference oh, yeah. between that and running. And I think that, you know, when you talk about Justin Fields, Justin Fields is a true passer, but because their wide receivers were so inept and that offensive line was so bad, they had to do some of the things they did with him. I think Anthony Richardson, the way you do help him is to do that RPO and with heavy motion pre-snap so that he could know, all right, you know, Anthony, when this guy goes in motion, if he follows, which – you know, I'm not saying that he's not – I don't think he's quite to the graduate level of quarterback play that a Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud are. So I think you help him by, okay, this guy's in motion, they're in man. If he's not, they're in zone. We're going to run RPO, look for this guy first. Uh, I'm sure they're not going to tell him to run if the first guy's not open. But I think at first for him, that's going to be his first instinct. If the first read is not open, then he's going to run. But I think – you, you know, you help a guy like Anthony Richardson that's still a bit raw as a passer until he starts to acquire more graduate level knowledge. Mm -hmm. You help him with that RPO so that that's the way he's going to be able to read defenses pre-snap. Like, it was the same thing with a lot of the mobile quarterbacks. I remember that with, with, with Kaepernick and when he came in with the Niners, like that's how Harbaugh would help him is, is with the motions and things like that. Whereas a guy like Bryce Young, 
C.J. Stroud, they come up to the line and they're going to be able to, I believe, fairly quickly be able to look at those safeties, look at those backers, go off what they saw on the tape and be like, oh, this looks like this. I'm going here. Yeah, and, and by the way, we did have a text, 252 number wrote in and said, Wentz is mobile. And I guess that's true. I, I don't, he's not a statue, but has never run for over 300 yards. Yeah, Got Wentz 299. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, but not not like Anthony Richardson, not like even Bryce Young. And and I think maybe you could even apply the, the same kind of comparison to a CJ Stroud. Like, I, I guess I don't. He was running probably a little bit more at North Dakota State. We, we, we've seen him run a little bit here in the NFL, but regardless, right, I'm talking about some real athleticism going on with these QBs that are picking up maybe, I don't know, 500 yards rushing in a season or something like that, maybe 400. So we'll see what will happen as far as the mobility goes and how much Frank Wright calls on that with whatever QB they decide to take yeah. at number one overall. Let's go to the first Fitty Flash of the day a little bit late, but we've been running behind. So let's hear it from you. What you got for us, Fitty? All right, guys, let's talk a little bit about the pro basketball team here in the Queen City. The Hornets gave Nick Richards a three-year deal or a three-year extension yesterday, three years, $15 million. What did you guys make of the Hornets investing in Nick Richards this season and beyond? Totally fair. I thought Nick Richards got backup center money and you try to get this contract done before possibly he goes out on the open market and then capitalizes on what another team might deem him being, what, $7 million, $8 million a year. Still young, so he's not even hit his ceiling yet. This is a guy in Nick Richards that could continue to improve and has improved during his time here with Charlotte. Totally fine with the deal. Plus, if you want to look at it this way, a nice sweetener in any trade you want to make. If you have to match salaries, you're talking about somebody making $5 million roughly every single season. So if that's something you wanted to do, you would have a contract that lends itself to that benefit. So overall, good business, I think, had by both parties. I second that 100% percent like i said for a good young backup center he flashes uh at times he's capable of getting double doubles off the bench i know at one point this season it may still be one of the league leaders in double doubles off the bench so sound investment all right that is the move made by the charlotte hornets we're going to make a move to fire or fizzle a staple step uh segment i should say <laughs> i can't even talk a staple here on weston walker obscure cartoons it's coming up next sports radio 92.7 wfnz we are fourth graders McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer man! Hammer! Hammer man! Hammer! Whenever there's a crime, some crooks are gonna do time. They all better beware, cause the Hammer man will be there. Here's how it started a long time ago. <laughs> That's amazing.
the Hammerman intro to an obscure cartoon from the 90s West that you grew up watching? Yeah, man. Hammerman. I've never heard of this before. Yeah, man. He had the cartoon. It was very brief. That's why we call it obscure cartoons. But yeah, Hammerman. And listen, Outcast told you, don't try Hammer. Hammer, I'll beat your behind. I didn't know that. So I did yeah. know that legend. <laughs> don't get it twisted. I did, not, I did not know that he had a cartoon. I'm not going to get it twisted and make fun of Hammer Time or Hammerman. The MC Hammer cartoon, and you just heard the intro. With that, we will go to a different song, sounding <laughs> a little different. Lil Wayne Fireman about to bring in fire or fizzle. The staple, as I mentioned, obscure cartoons. And let's start with the man you just heard from, Hammerman West. MC Hammer cartoon. Fire official. Listen, you heard the intro, but just to tell you, back in the 60s and 70s, Gramps was the superhero soul man, but as he got older and couldn't do it anymore, he had to find a new superhero. So who did he go find? One Stanley Burrell that had magic shoes, and each episode, Hammer Man faced various social issues. We need that today. At the end of each episode, MC Hammer would speak to the audience and provide methods to address these issues themselves. Wholesome musical and a 90s icon we're talking about mc hammer we're talking about hammer man and for that that is straight fire i'm too legit to quit i don't want any smoke west doesn't want any smoke from mc hammer we are going to deem it fire let's move on to a cartoon somebody referenced in the garage door guru text line they wanted to hear from you west Tell us about Gargoyles. Gargoyles, only on for three years. And in many ways, people said it was ahead of its time. It was dark, clever, complex, well-developed characters, and the plots were surprisingly adult for a kid's cartoon, including Shakespearean references, Arthurian and Scottish legend mythology, and more modern issues like firearm safety and racial prejudice. The gargoyles, they chilled, but then at night they came alive to save the day. A lot of people think of gargoyles as demons and evil, but these were good gargoyles. (laughs) Okay? And for that reason, gargoyles were straight fire with an awesome cartoon that came on every afternoon with my snack. When I think of this next cartoon, I don't think of a cartoon at all. I think of the Bad Boys theme song in the background, but you're telling me there's an animated version of said Cops. Oh, no. And not what I'm thinking. So what is the cartoon Cops, Wes? Is it fire or is it fizzle? Listen, Cops is probably the reason I did this topic. A team of highly trained police officers tasked with protecting the fictional Empire City from a group of gangsters led by big balls. Mm. The taglines for the series are fighting crime in a future time, and it's crime fighting time. The show was based in 2020. That was just two years ago. The show was based on Hasbro's 1988 line of action figures called Cops and Crooks, which were designed by Bart Sears and Bulletproof. The black police chief that they had in there sends out Empire City Police Officer P.J. O'Malley, known as Longarm, rookie officer known as Donnie Brooks, to round up the best law enforcers from all over the country. I had the police chief. I had Longarm's action figure. Cops were straight. Fire, one of my all-time favorites. We are three for three on the fire list. Can Brave Star also get a uh, get a uh, fire title? Listen, man. When we talk about what this cartoon meant to me coming up, Marshall Brave Star 
the galactic marshal of New Texas, a Native American who could call upon the power of spirit animals, enabling him to briefly perform superhuman feats. Eyes of the hawk, ears of the wolf, strength of the bear, speed of the puma. If he was in the draft, he would be the perfect prospect. <laughs> it combined elements of science fiction and Western genres set in the 23rd century multicultural desert planet called New Texas. And a moral lesson is told at the end of each episode. One notable episode is one called The Price, in which a boy buys a drug called Spin. He was smoking that Spin, becomes addicted to it, and dies of an overdose. We need oh, no. more cartoons like that these days for these badass Will kids. Will these kids die of drugs? Yes, yeah, so they Sounds can learn their lesson visible. and know not to do it. If somebody fictional dies, they'll learn not to do it in okay. non-fiction. You know what I'm saying? And for that it. reason, mm-hmm. Marshall Bravestar, Tex-Hex, New Texas is straight. Fire! I had the action figure, Bravestar, but my mom wouldn't let me get Tex-Hex. Oh, come on, Mom. Why didn't you do that? You said it was too demonic. Well, maybe it's because a kid died of drugs. All right, last one. <laughs> Smoking that span. Pro Stars, the last one. What you got for us, Wes? Fire Listen, or Fizzle? Originally intended to air on ESPN, the show centered around Michael Jordan, our owner, that could be selling a team, Bo Jackson, and Wayne Gretzky fighting crime, helping children, and often protecting the environment. They were chosen to represent the pinnacle of all four major American professional sports in the early 90s. Jordan and Gretzky are broadly associated with their respective sports, but Jackson was included since he could represent both football and baseball and was a high-profile celebrity off the field as well. His bow nose references were all in the episode. And at the end of this theme song, folks, this, this is running wholesome cartoons we got going here. We talked about Brave Star saving people from smoking that spin. We talked about the gargoyles helping people out. We talked about Hammer teaching moral lessons. And the Pro Stars intro ended with, it's all about helping kids. When in a time period do we need cartoons like this more than now? And for that reason, Pro Stars, one of my all-time favorite cartoons of the 90s, is straight fire. I bought the DVD and Walmart in the 99 cent bin just for the nostalgia. No Kevin Garnett today telling you to take that suit off. Everything is fizzled. You can text us some of your favorite obscure cartoons. We'll try to get to it on the Cut other that side music off. of the break. We smoke it as spin pack on Wes <laughs> Walker. One more hour to go. Cops. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We'll be right back.